You are listening to an Enoch Pratt Free Library podcast. Your journey. Your journey. Your journey. Your journey starts here. Here. Tracy Diamond, and I am the Adult Services Coordinator at the Enoch Pratt Free Library, and we are so thrilled that you joined us this evening. Um, Just a couple of announcements before we get started. Um, We also have a a general election Q&A with Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority tomorrow at 12 p.m., and I assume if you're joining us tonight, you're civically engaged. So I hope you join us for that as well, and you tell your friends about it um, and remind them to register to vote. Um, The Pratt Library also has a new website at prattlibrary.org, same website, uh, but it is now mobile friendly, so we're really thrilled to be more accessible in that way as well. Um, But now for tonight's main event. We have a slide illustrated talk by Michael J. Wilson, in honor of National Voter Registration Day on Tuesday, September 22nd, so tomorrow. Um, Michael J. Wilson is a member of the American Political Items Collectors and has participated in voter registration campaigns for Planned Parenthood, the NAACP, and the United Food and Commercial Workers International Union and led registration and get out the vote campaigns in many states, including Florida, New Hampshire and Michigan. Um, And so we are so thrilled to have him tonight. And just some uh, housekeeping for people that are tuned in. Um, This will be interactive at points. So if you're in Zoom, get ready to post in the chat. And if you're joining us on Facebook, get ready to post in the comments. I'll be monitoring both. And then any questions you have um, once Michael's done with his talk, I will go ahead and moderate those questions. So we are so thrilled to have you here tonight, Michael. I am handing it over to you. Great, thank you, Tracy. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So I'm gonna prepare to post disabled screen sharing. So I'm gonna, I need to be able to share, or or Tracy, are you sharing? I'm sorry about that. I am making you a co-host right now so you can screen share. Great. All right, so there we go. And I will, the Facebook account that's carrying this is the library, correct? Correct, it's on the Enoch Pratt Free Library Facebook page. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Um, First of all, I wanna thank Enoch Pratt Library for allowing me to share this with you. Um, I began this, uh, and she's already done a great introduction of me better than I would do. So um, I wanna talk about what this presentation is not. Uh, it is not a presentation about everything about voting, about all of American history. It's not about the history of all of the franchise uh, in the country or the current events that are going on around the country on voter suppression. Um, but it is the tour of some of my personal collection of voter registration mobilization materials, uh, as which I said I began collecting in 1982. And it's also a connection between those voter materials and their connections to the various movements 
that have expanded and strengthened the right to vote in the history of our country. Uh, Tracy mentioned that I've done work for Planned Parenthood um, and for the NAACP, as well as for the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, as well as for the Amalgamated Clothing and Textile Workers Union. And so I've had a lot of um, opportunities to participate in voter registration and voter get out the vote campaigns. So when we think about voting, you remember your first vote. So this is an opportunity to put in the chat the year of your first vote, whether it was 2016 or 2000 or 1992 or 1984 or 1972, whatever year it was, you can put in the chat the year of your first vote. And think about why did you vote? And who did you vote for? And who did you vote against? And was it easy to vote? And I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my first vote, um, as I know you guys are putting things in the chat. My first vote was in 1976. Uh, I was working at a Sears store in Detroit, and it was a union election. It was not an election for candidates. Uh, there was a union election at the Sears store put on by the um, Retail Clerks International Association. Uh, and I was prepared to vote being a full-time employee, um, but my vote was challenged. And I was not able to vote because they said, you're 17. And I learned later um, from friends at the National Labor Relations Board that that should not have been a prohibition, that my vote was illegally suppressed. Uh, but that was my first vote in 1976, voting in a union election. Um, so in a normal year, I would have my collection shown in libraries across the state of Maryland. Here's one from 2018 at the Rockville Memorial Library. Um, and here's another one in 2018 at the Orchard Library in Montgomery County. It's my strong belief that my collection should not be just from me. It should not just be in my home where I can see it. It should be shared broadly in the community uh, both to encourage others to vote and encourage others to register to vote. So we talk about voting materials and there are all kinds of materials. We think mostly of posters and buttons. But there are also mugs. Um, there are door hangers. There are shirts and caps. There are mailers. There are keychains and candy and stickers and all kinds of paraphernalia. And so these paraphernalia are part of the history of the American political system. Um, but we're focusing here mostly on votes uh, for people's encouragement to vote and not about candidates. So my collection has never been about candidates uh, of any party. Uh, it's mostly been about encouraging people to register and encouraging people to vote. So the way I've decided to show this collection is to look at different groupings. And then I'm going to do an example of 10 of my buttons that I think are particularly interesting. Uh, and then 10 posters that I think are particularly interesting, either because they have a, um, they are very interesting to look at or they have a very interesting message. I have about 100 posters, about 250 buttons, and about another 50 items of different kinds. And so I can't possibly show you all of them. Um, but among the groupings, I would begin with the groupings of partisans. So as we all know, people belong to political parties, and that's one reason why people register, and that's one reason why people vote. Um, so you see here a vote libertarian button, and a vote socialist workers, uh, as well as one that says vote, Dem vote straight democratic. And I'm gonna refer to that vote straight democratic later in the presentation. But you also see a Republican button from 1958. 
um, where the elephant is looking down at the chart and strategizing about um, getting out the vote. And you'll also see some letters there at the, the top of that chart. It says Y-C-E-R-S-O-Y-A. Some of you may be familiar with this, and most of you are probably not, but Y-C-E-R-S-O-Y-A uh, stands for you can't elect Republicans sitting on your ass. And so that was a really call for Republicans to work to elect Republicans. You'll also see every year, there are years that people focus on. So whether it was the year of the voter um, in 1970 with the 70s part of the voter or the off-year election in Virginia in 1989, or folks who are focused on the nuclear freeze in 1984. You'll also see here smart women vote uh, 2004 and don't get hooked in 1952 registering vote. And you also see a keychain from 1972. People re register and vote for all kinds of reasons and sometimes they are for opposite reasons. And here are two good examples where someone is a faith voter and someone is secular. Um, so the opposites are always uh, participating in our elections. People have all kinds of reasons for voting. Um, you may be, I smoke and I vote, or I'm a tenant and I vote. I'm the NRA and I vote, I'm a, I'm a motorcyclist registered vote, and even I watch public television and I vote. This is a small example of some of the many reasons why people register and vote. Corporations have always played a role in voting. Um, you see some examples here. You'll see the Ben and Jerry's vote, turn it around. You'll see the IHOP, vote for your favorite pancake. Um, you see the spirit wear from the Hard Rock Cafe. And you see a sticker here from Register to Vote at Universe Soul Circus, which is an African-American themed circus. Um, this is just a few of the many um, corporations that have been involved in voting and encouraging people to vote. Also cynicism. There has always been cynicism. The I didn't vote for him is not from 2016. Uh, it's from much earlier in my collection and can vote for and can um, obviously be in almost any year. Uh, you see vote no for president and you see uh, on the bottom here one of the most cynical of them all which is don't vote it only encourages them um, which is contrary to the the message of most of my collection. I'm going to start looking at some of the buttons now and I want to begin with the one with the pink triangle. Many of you know that during the Holocaust that um, gays were put in concentration camps and were being killed by the Nazis, and they put a pink triangle on them. Well, in the later days, civil rights movement for gays and lesbians, the pink triangle became a symbol of pride, and you see it here as part of the V and the vote in the Atlantic campaign for human rights. Uh, you also see the vote union, yes, um, from the UFCW. You may recall earlier that I was denied an opportunity to vote in the union election in 1976. Um, many years later, I became the legislative and political director for that same union, um, the credits, the, the, the union, the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Never know how history will move in different directions. You see here a button that says Pussy's Vote, and that is a clear um, button from the Women's March, which happened the day after the inauguration in 2017. Uh, you also see a Vote UAW button. Um, the UAW is a very large union that has worked in the auto plants and others for a long time. Um, they have often, in recent years, 
negotiated election day as a holiday so that their members could actually go and participate in the vote without having to take off work, uh, which is obviously a good thing. Many of us believe election day should be a national federal holiday. You see here a button, it's a man's world unless women vote. Um, and this is a, a clear uh, effort um, to understanding the, you know, the, su the suffrage movement, which is a uh, hundred year, hundred years old this year. It was a hundred years ago when women's suffrage um, gave women the right to vote. And I say it gave women the right to vote and that it didn't give all women the right to vote. There was still racial discrimination even a hundred years ago. Um, but still suffrage was a step forward um, in 1920. You see a button here, hard hats will vote. Um, that's a reflection to a part of the labor movement in particular in 1972, when uh, there was a real division in the labor movement and you had people who did not want to be associated with those who, who were um, against the war or who were um, for civil rights. Um, so the hard hats will vote was reflecting the, the Nixon Democrats of 72. I told you I was gonna reflect back on the vote straight Democratic. And so you see here a button that says vote straight democratic um, with the straight underline and with the LGBTQ flag, rainbow flag behind it. So this is sort of a double entendre, vote straight democratic um, in meaning having a, a couple of different meanings. You'll also see a button here, black lives matter, black lives vote. This is one of the most recent buttons uh, of our time. Uh, and there are not a lot of buttons this year because pe people are not uh, in groups or in large settings. Um, so uh, this is one from earlier this year, um, reflecting the current focus on um, Black lives and um, police, police brutality. Here are the last two buttons we're gonna focus on for today. Um, so you see the Disabled Americans Rally for Equality, Jobs, Peace, and Freedom, um, focusing on the disability community. It's also the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, so disabled voters have often needed, uh, you know, uh, changes and ability to be able to vote, um, to, uh, to be able to address their uh, disabilities. And you see the Come Alive Register and Vote, which seems like a very nonpartisan um, encouragement to register and vote. Um, it seems that way, but it was really associated very much with the mayoral campaign of Chicago Mayor Harold Washington. Um, so people who wore these bright blue buttons, by and large, were supporters of uh, Washington, 1983 and 1987. We're now going to look at some posters, and I told you I was going to do 10 posters, but I'm actually going to do 11. I want to do this poster, which is actually not encouragement to vote. This is a poster from the 2018 um, referendum campaign in North Carolina, which was to push for voter ID which is a version of doing voter suppression. Um, and that was, uh, was unfortunate, it did pass. But um, you know, voter suppression is a, is a real thing that we're seeing across the country um, still, even now in the year 2020. So this one is in the collection, but it's a real um, voter suppression tool rather than a voter encouragement. Number 10 is a, a poster from here in Baltimore, um, the organization BUILD. Um, which has a very nice poster here. Not only does it say what they are for, jobs, youth, safe, city for all, city that votes. It also has their social media um, connections on here too at Build One Be More and at Build Baltimore. 
Here's one from Frontlash, and many of you may not know Frontlash. It was the youth organization of the AFL-CIO and focused a lot on voter registration. What you see here is a poster with uh, Patti LaBelle and the saying, get a new attitude, uh, a very colorful poster um, and a very, very eye-catching poster uh, encouraging people to register and vote. This poster is from the A. Philip Randolph Institute. Somebody paid the price for your right. And so we, most of us know the history uh, of the civil rights movement pushing for the right to vote for African-Americans. Um, and you should know more about the history of A. Philip Randolph, who of course was the first president of the um, Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters and who was on the AFL-CIO Executive Council and was the real driving force behind the 1963 March on Washington. This one is also from a Philip Randolph Education Fund, but also by the Voter Education Project, which at one time was led by the late John Lewis. It's a very arresting visual where it says, hands that pick cotton and now pick our public officials with of dark hands picking cotton and also putting a ballot in a ballot box. Very uh, strong move. Here's one from the Vietnam War. Um, 55,000 voters won't make it to the polls this year. As most of you know, or you may not know, 58,000 Americans died in the Vietnam War. Um, many, many more Vietnamese were killed. Um, but this was an effort to um, make, a, make an impact on voters uh, about the Vietnam War and about Vietnam and as a real part of the anti-war effort. Uh, it says at the bottom, vote, register to vote and vote for peace. Here's one from the National Coalition of Black Voter Participation and it says Black Women Vote. So earlier when I talked about um, suffrage, um, obviously in lots of places, African-American women were still denied the vote, uh, even though they should not have been denied the vote. I really like this poster because it focuses on that part of the population. Fortunately for me, I had more than one copy of this poster. Well, I was able to communicate with uh, Lauren Cornish, the local artist here in Baltimore, some of you in Baltimore remember Mill Lauren, who does great art. And I was able to convince Loring to do a um, treatment of this poster. So this is not a great photograph of the poster, but he did a remarkable job using his, his, his very classic broken glass method of encasing it um, in uh, a black and white um, post um, frame and using broken glass. And it's very, very arresting. Uh, and I want to thank Lauren Cornish, uh, the famous Baltimore artist, for sharing that. This is a poster from the AFL-CIO. Sometimes it takes a four-letter word to be heard, and this may not be the four-letter word that most people think, but vote is a very strong four-letter word. Another one from the AFL-CIO. Um, very arresting graphic, once again, jobs, register and vote in black and white. Uh, obviously a worker in the background doing some kind of very difficult manual labor, um, but the labor movement, just like corporations, have always been very interested in registering and vote and having people participate in elections. This is another one from Frontlash, uh, very humorous, register and vote, your mother would want you to. And this one not only is a little humorous, but it also reflects on not just the civic responsibility, but in a lot of ways, the, the family and the moral responsibility register. And 
This is one of my favorites. Um, this is from the CIO. Uh, the AFL and CIO merged in 1955, but prior to that time, the CIO was a separate labor organization and um, much more progressive. What you see here is the two fingers in the glove held up as part of the V for We Vote. Um, what you can also see in the background, those little blue spots are many, many workers um, are gathered in mass, uh, hopefully, hopefully to vote, um, but they were part of the, the CIO. This is the final poster and is one of my favorites. You don't, have, you don't need to have a home to have a vote. Um, every citizen, every American citizen has the right to vote. We are homeless people stretched out in different poses spelling out the word vote. Um, I think it's uh, it, it gives us a very clear message that citizenship doesn't mean you have to be wealthy um, and people who are homeless should not be discriminated against voting. That's the end of the posters, but I want to, the next one I'm going to show you is much more timely and it's part of the challenge that collectors face now. Uh, not only are things um, posters and buttons, but things are also virtual. and They are there where you can see them on the web and see them online. And so this one, which came up this weekend from my friends at the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, um, is an extremely timely one. Um, but it's not a poster, but it's online. And the message of mourn, then vote, one that I think many people will react to uh, about the importance of in the election, given the loss of the late Supreme Court Justice, Peter Ginsburg. So that's it. Um, I want to thank everybody who's listened or who's voted and let us know what year you voted. Uh, I want to thank all the voter registrars and election judges and election officials and candidates and volunteers and campaigners and especially canvassers, uh, people who like me who have done door-to-door -door canvassing to encourage people to participate in the elections. Uh, I especially want to thank them. Um, I also want to recognize APIC, the American political items collector, which you can find online at apic.us. Uh, it also has a Facebook group, and there's even a Facebook group about getting out the vote. You can find that on Facebook as well. Um, I do want you to know that I am thinking about the election this year, and there are key dates for Maryland. Uh, if you're from other states, I'm sure there are key dates for you as well. Um, but in Maryland, um, the deadline to register is October the 13th. Early voting in Maryland will be October 26th till November the 2nd. And election day is November the 3rd from 7 a.m. until 8 o'clock p.m. And so I'm hopeful that everybody who is listening here will actually um, participate in the election. And if you could in the chat, let us know or on Facebook what state you're, um, you're um, checking in from. Because uh, I know there are folks who are not just from Maryland, but from other states as well. And so I want to thank everybody for joining me. I will see you at the polls, though I will do it virtually. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at either the Bowtie Speaks or at Voter Stuff Guy. Uh, and that's what I've got. And thank you very much. Tracy? Yes, that was fantastic. Thank you, Michael. Um, we have some people uh, checking in from Illinois. Nevada, Michigan, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., um, of course, Baltimore. Um, so yeah, we're really representing um, across the United States. 
so this is really exciting. Um, in Minnesota, nice. Keep sharing. Um, and so we do have quite a few questions for you. Okay. So I can go ahead and start sharing them. Um, this first one comes from Lacey. Uh, Lacey asks, during your time collecting these items, have you noticed any major changes over time or are the same visual and advocacy techniques standard? Um, so I think the visual techniques are changed with the seasons. So you see a lot of pop art in the 1970s. You'll see a lot of really more, um, from the labor perspective in particular, more worker representative stuff in the 50s. Um, the 60s were a tumultuous time, so you saw a lot of things much more about the civil rights movement. And of course, you saw lots more about the gay and lesbian movement um, post-70. Um, and of course, there were a lot more pro-choice as well as anti-choice things after the um, Roe v. Wade decision of 1973. So it's, it's different because of the times. Um, and I don't know that you would have seen something about the death of a Supreme Court justice um, 20 years ago um, as we do right now. So thank you, Lacey. Yeah, and to follow up on that, especially the uh, social media graphic that you shared of Justice Ginsburg, um, how are collectors um, collecting these voting materials that are online and like with social media just being a huge part of, especially this election, how has that shifted? Yeah, so um, my good friend, um, um, John Olson from Iowa, who's a collector voter registration materials, has been um, leading some of the conversation about this. I think the, the answer is if you print it out, uh, can be part of your collection. Um, and so you'll be able to print them in color or some of them may be too large. You have to find a way to get them. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge, but I think that it's an inevitable part of the future that a lot of this is gonna exist online and not just in paper and in plastic and in metal. So there are a lot more metal buttons before and they are much more plastic now. There are other different, there's one other important difference I wanna mention, which is that most, buttons, particularly on the Democratic side and always in the labor community, always have what's known as a union bug, meaning that it was printed in a union print shop. Um, and so you will see a union bug on many posters and buttons in the 50s and 60s and in the 40s, um, but you start to see a division uh, as uh, in, the, in, the, in the 70s and particularly in the 80s uh, where Republicans were more, less likely to have a union bug and go to a place where they can get it printed quickly and Democrats continue to use union shops. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really interesting and good to know. Um, lots of questions coming in, which is fantastic. Um, we, uh, we also had a question um, about your presentation, are replicas of any of the posters or buttons you're sharing available for purchase? Um, they would like to use them when teaching. Yeah, so um, the thing about collecting them, is you find them where you can. And so there aren't a lot of replicas available in lots of places. Um, 
if people, if teachers are interested in using them in teaching classes, they should, they should, they should contact me, um, send me a message on, um, on Twitter and I will connect you because I'd like to be able to share them at least, at least virtually so you can use them um, for teaching, but it's hard to get copies um, and they are not all cheap. So there's a, there's a, there's a wide collection, for example, of suffrage material um, that's sometimes available, but it is not cheap. You have to spend money in order to find them. That makes sense. And I also posted in the chat, um, because the Pratt Library is also the State Library Resource Center, um, we do have a lot of materials archived. So if you go to Digital Maryland, um, search for Digital Maryland on our website, and I'll pull up the full length uh, full link for everyone, um, but we have lots of suffrage materials archived, um, different types of war posters, so not exactly the same thing, but there might be some things that people can access there as well, um, but thank you for sharing that. Uh, we also had the question, um, when and why did you start collecting? So I was doing a lot of campaigns early in my career, and a lot of people were collecting buttons and posters. I made a decision very early, I didn't want to collect just everything, um, because there were so many candidates at the state, local, and federal level that I just decided to focus on um, registering to vote and encouragement to vote. And I'm glad I did, because it let me have a real focus as I see lots of materials. And I'm always willing to trade everything else for voter registration and voter participation. Awesome, thank you. And that makes sense to focus what you're collecting because there, right. yeah, there is so much. Right. And some people focus on particular candidates. You know, there are people who collect only Richard Nixon items or they collect only civil rights movement items or they collect only suffrage items. So there are lots of different things for ways for people to um, specialize. Uh, I was just lucky that I picked the specialty that, uh, that, that most appealed to me. Sure. Um, and then, and then we, we had a similar question. Um, what, uh, what is your absolute favorite piece from your collection? That's hard because it varies. I really do like the um, CIO poster with the glove. That is really meaningful. I really like the black women vote that I had the Lauren Cornish treatment of. Um, there are, you know, a lot of them that are that are really nice. So it, it varies sometimes. And, and the piece you like the most is sometimes the piece you find most recently. Early in the presentation, you may have seen me wearing a t-shirt about disabled voters. Um, you know, I just happened to find that at a thrift store in Maryland, that it was there. I mean, it was, who, who knew? How can you expect that? Um, so that was, uh, you know, you never, you never know where you're going to get something. Yeah, it's almost like finding a Picasso in a thrift store. Exactly. For me, it was. <laughs> awesome. Um, we were also asked, um, where online can you find the RBG poster that you shared? So, I know it was, it was shared by CBTU, which is a coalition of Black trade unionists. Um, but 
Uh, I also have it on my Twitter page. Uh, if you go to uh, the Bowtie Speaks, um, and you can share it from there. Awesome. And I just, um, as you've been talking, I link to things in the chat. So I just posted your Twitter handle too. Um, we'd also, um, a couple people would like to see an example of a union bug. Um, they'd like to see if you could pull up some union buttons back up so they could see the union bug. Let me go back to sharing screen. And I will, there were a couple of them where it was really visible. So you see at the bottom of where it says, can you see that? Yes. That's where it says vote straight democratic at the bottom, there is a union bug. Okay, so um, the kind of like saucer looking. Yes. Yeah. And what that, and what that will often say is, if I have a, do I have a bug somewhere? It will often say um, what it um will say the the local union number or the building and printing trades council. Uh, there's also one under the Black Lives Matter one that you'll see too. The bottom of that button. Yes. Um, there clearly would be one on the UFCW button. Sometimes, however, it's on the curl on the back of the button and sometimes it's on the front. You see them at the bottom of both of these buttons too, and you actually see a local number at 602 if you can see that. Yeah, thank you. That's, that helps so people can look for them um, if yeah. they're looking at buttons. Right, and it'll be on buttons and posters. And the other good thing about a, a union bug is it means that it's a legitimate piece. It wasn't something somebody just made up on their own. Um, because sometimes people will create buttons and posters and they'll say, this is from 1915, see how well-preserved it is, and there it is. And so there are artifacts that are not, um, that are not legitimate, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and some, someone just added in the chat that, you know, people can look for it on t-shirts too. That's correct. Anything that can be printed um, can have a union bug on it. Yeah, and it's great that everyone is so active in sending questions. Um, we definitely have more time to keep answering them um, as long as you do, Michael. I do. I'm ready. Awesome. Yes, we, we're excited to vote uh, and be politically engaged. Um, another question um, is, Michael, do you have any examples in your collection that are tied to food security or children's or women's health? Yes, so there is a campaign called Vote to End Hunger, um, which is a um, broad-based campaign of over organizations that are focused on anti-hunger work. Um, I have another one, I 
can't put my hands on it right now, but there's a picture of a gentleman um, who's, and it's, this is from the 70s, an older gentleman in a suit and jacket, and he's looking forlorn, and he's holding papers in his hands. Um, and he's obviously at a place where he's applied for food stamps. And the caption reads, for some retirees, food stamp, stamp collecting isn't a, isn't a hobby. So it's a very arresting image of someone who obviously thought that their retirement was going to be different than it turned out to be. Yeah, wow. That's really powerful. And so your other part of your question, which is on women's health or children's health, obviously there's a lot of, um, a lot of action around health care in general, and um, whether it's women's health or family's health or, or health care. So there are a lot of but book buttons and posters and campaigns around healthcare and the connection to voting. You know, one of the things I, I struggled with was having to limit how much I could put in the presentation. Um, I could have put in twice as many buttons and twice as many posters and still not done justice to all the things. Early on uh, in talking to my favorite daughter, I was trying to figure out, you know, we were gonna do all the different categories, the environment, um, guns, housing, education, civil rights, women's rights, LGBT rights, um, you know, jobs, um, labor. Um, there, there are probably dozens of categories you could do, but that would have let me not have time to do all of it. It was, it was more than could be done. And so I did it in a different way, trying to capture a slice of as many of them as I could, but I didn't get everything. I don't want to pretend that I did. Sure, there's a lot to cover. And for people, um, for people, someone posted, um, they're told you only have one daughter. That, that's my daughter saying that. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, um, and. Yes. <laughs> that aren't aware. Um, we, when we first started talking about this event, it was well before the pandemic. Yes, we were yes. going we to have a full display of even more materials. So in the future, but um, for people who there are questions about um, what other types of materials that you have, and I think that hits the nail on the head um, that you have all sorts of things that you could share. Um, we also got the question for- Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Originally, we were going to have the, um, the exhibit there and be able to use the auditorium and I was going to do this presentation. Um, and, and as you may recall, Tracy, at some point, I had also talked about, you know, changing into various t-shirts mm -hmm. as we were going along, but that, that wasn't going to work today. So I have a t-shirt from the NAACP or from the AFL-CIO or from my parenthood or from, you know, I have a vest from a uh, a campaign in Cincinnati. I have a I have a red, white, and blue vest um, that says "Vote" all over it. I have stuff from many different organizations. So it's yeah, there are there are a lot more things I could do. So hopefully, in the future, at a future election, we'll do it. We'll have a display at the library, and we'll have the the talk there, and we'll have more materials we can. Exactly.
Um, and we also um, had a question if you're willing to give this presentation to classes. I think someone wants to connect. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to figure out if I can do that. Let's let's figure out what's what's appropriate. Fantastic. Um, and we just have a couple more questions. Um, have you collected any voter suppression items that address mail-in ballots? I have not seen materials um, addressing mail-in ballots. I suspect that, this is not a joke, I suspect a lot of that is in the mail, being used as direct mail to discourage mail-in ballots, and I'm sure there's a bunch that's online as well. Um, but. They aren't, there aren't posters or buttons about that that I have seen. Um, and once again, that's a more recent phenomenon. So there could have been something that happened in, in July or August. You know, Historically, conventions are also good places to find these kinds of buttons and posters. Um, but of course, the conventions were mostly virtual. Sure. Um, and we also had the question if uh, the Maryland Historical Society would have some posters and images. I'm sure to, they would. Yeah, I'm sure yes. they would. The Lewis Museum, um, the Reginald F. Lewis Museum, um, I know has uh, an incredible button collection, so I'm sure they have a bunch um, of materials as well. The Smithsonian also has quite an extensive collection. Yes. Um, and I'm just making sure I didn't miss any questions. Um, more follow-ups about the kind of materials you have. Um, like, do you have I voted stickers? Yes. Um, pillows? Yeah, so I voted stickers have become quite the rage in the last few years where people can actually, you know, get a sticker until that they actually voted. And if you got I voted stickers from different states, I'd be glad to, to accept them if you want to add to my collection. So I, I've had them from in the last few years from Alabama and from Georgia and from Illinois. Um, so the stickers are and be quite overwhelming because you think about it, there are not, they're not only states that do them, there are also localities that do. Them. You may have one from New York, Chicago, or from Francisco. So it would be quite expensive. One of the things I've learned about this collection is there's no way in the world that I can collect it all. There's more that exists than I can possibly have. And so I try to be thoughtful about you know, what I can get and what I can have and what I can hold. Um, because a collection like other collections can grow to extreme amounts as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, another question we have that's somewhat related, um, have any buttons or posters been resurrected for contemporary use? Hmm. So, if, you, if the question you're asking is, is, has a poster or button from the past been reused in the present, then the answer would be yes. This vote, we must vote November the 3rd, it's an old poster. It's not from 2020, but it works for 2020 because it so happens that November 3rd is election day. Um, so that, I think that happens all of the time. Uh, I've been posting regularly in my Twitter account um, keeping a countdown of when the next, uh, you know, 
45 days till election, 46 days till election, and posting different materials. Um, well, some of it can be reused, but you know, some of them say vote November 8th, and some of them say vote November 5th. Uh, so dates are, are important as well. Yeah, that makes sense where it's harder to reuse. Yeah, but that one's being reused. <laughs> yes, where we can all see it. Um, and we should all be telling our friends and family to vote, make sure we're registered. Um, and I think we have one final question, and I think it's a great one to finish on. Um, you were, Michael, you were asked, have you thought about where your collection ultimately will go? Yeah, I've, I've thought about it a little bit. I don't think my kids are gonna wanna keep this collection. If they do, then they can. I suspect at some point I will, you know, donate it to some institution so that it can live on. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else who's gonna necessarily want it. So it's, it's been fun to collect it, it's been fun to share it. Um, and I, I think I plan on doing that for a while longer, but eventually it's gonna go to some public institution so it can be, I don't believe collections like this should be kept in a closet and hidden. They should be shared broadly with as many folks as possible. So once again, I want to thank you, Tracy, and the Pratt Library for giving me an opportunity to share it broadly here in a virtual way. Yeah, absolutely. We're really happy that we were able to share your presentation still virtually. Um, and for... Um, a couple people that have been asking if this presentation can be um, recorded. It is being recorded. It'll be on Facebook Live and we'll put it up as a podcast on the library website. Um, so if you want to share it with students, um, with other people, either through Facebook or copy and pasting the link from Facebook, um, you can keep sharing the knowledge because you just, Michael, you have so much that you've saved that's really incredible to look at how people have talked about voting. Um, so that concludes the presentation. Um, thank you again, Michael, and thank you, of course, everyone for tuning in and being so interactive. Um, it was also really cool to see when people first voted. Um, oh, yeah, what were those years? Yeah, gotta share that, we've got... Yes. 2008, 1980, 1976, 2000, 1972. Um, yeah, lots of a wide range, which is great that people of all generations are tuning in. Um, and they've voted in different ways, either in person or absentee ballot. Um, we've got a 2011. So, yeah, this has been fantastic. Um, also, uh, I mentioned the voter um, general election Q&A tomorrow, um, another celebration of National Voter Registration Day um, at all of our sidewalk service branches at the library. We have volunteers from the League of Women Voters of Baltimore City and Baltimore Votes registering people to vote in person. So in the 2020 voter guide that I posted earlier in the chat, you can find more about that. So if you know someone that doesn't wanna register online, um, they can contact one of their local libraries to get registered. And 
lots of different organizations are all over the city registering people to vote in person as well. Yeah, so thank you again, Michael, everyone, and I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their evening. This podcast is a production of the Enoch Pratt Free Library and the Maryland State Library Resource Center. For more information and to access more library resources, please visit prattlibrary.org.